Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is Hawa and welcome back to another episode of Hawa Unscripted. For this episode, I have a guest coming on, Hawa Anna from the Mashallah Sisters podcast. Hi Hawa, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Thank you for having me, by the way. Of course, thank you for coming on. And I'm just going to open up the floor for you to share a little bit about yourself, who you are, what do you do, just to give the listeners a little bit of an idea as to who Hawa Anna is. My name is Hawa Anno. Um, I am the, the host of Mashallah Sisters. I recently started in December and I love it. I enjoy interviewing people and hearing about their lives. I, I love talking and I love talking to people. I work in foundation relations. My goal is to have my own foundation one day and serve the Bantu community. I work in medical fundraising. So I work with like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. It's really nice like be like see their name, like be work so in close proximity with them because like I intend on being finding a foundation that's as big as theirs, you know, so. It's like, I'm manifesting it, you know? <laughs> Welcome about it. You do a lot in the background, but you also have the podcast where you give Bantu and Somali Bantus the platforms to come on and just share, which I'm so excited to continue listening to. Thank you. But a lot of people don't know who we are in general. And I really want to, I really wanted to create this platform to give us a voice so we can have more of, of power, like more power when it comes to like politics, when it comes to like the international relations, when it comes to anything, you know, like people don't know who, who Bantu people are. And I just want people to know who Bantu people are. So that's why I started my platform. <laughs> Sometimes we as Bantus don't even know who Bantu people are. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like almost every Bantu person like goes to like a, not almost everyone, majority go through like an identity crisis because we're like, what, who am I? Like, I know I'm black. I know I'm African, but what does it mean to be somebody Bantu? And like you go on Google to search up like, and you find like three or five articles about where the Somali Bantu came from, but like never an, an updated version. Like, oh, like once we like, we really, once we like relocated to the US, that's where like our, all the literature and like, that's where our, like our, like us being documented ends. And it's like, what do we do? Like, where are we? What are, like, what do we do? I don't, I don't want this like culture to like, you know, like end, you know, like I don't want it and because this generation is like struggling. Like I think I think up more spaces, more digital spaces will help those kids have more pride and be like, I'm Somali Bantu, you know? I know you don't know what Somali Bantu is, but like check out this account and they'll tell you, you know? Yeah, I love that. Heavy on the um identity crisis, I was trying to figure out what I was and I took a, a DNA test and I'm some of everything apparently, so some of this <laughs> of Ethiopian, some of this, and I'm just like, you know what? Somali Bantu works. <laughs> but no how I invited you on and we briefly spoke beforehand and you mentioned when to speak on letting go and what that meant for you when it comes to relationships and the culture. I wanted to come on and talk about letting go of like Letting go of the past, letting go of people that like weren't good for me and, and not even like doing it on my own, but like being put in a position to be forced to let go because like I've known that I was supposed to let go of these people, but I just couldn't do it until like, like, until like Allah puts you in a position where you kind of, you're, you're forced to. My story begins when me and my family came to the U.S. So we came around to that, around the 2000s, so 2004, 2003. Um, and I live, and I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. And so I kind of grew up around the same woman, um, the same Bantu people, the same Bantu family. So we've all known each other for a really long time. And I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I went to the Lila G. Frederick. Um, there was this lady who, she was a Somali lady. And uh, around that time, it was like when they were doing like heavy, like resettlement for the Somali Bantu people. Because I think it was around like 2005, like eight, nine, around like the early 2000s. So when like Bantu people came, so they were doing a lot of like programs and organizations for Somali and Somali Bantu women. And one of them that came out from that was um, this uh, Somali Bantu girls group. Um, and at first it was during lunch. So 
um, a, lot, a lot of the Somali, Somali girls and the Somali Bantu girls will come together during lunch and just, just talk about culture and like bonding um, and like getting to know other Bantu people because it was such a big school. And then after a while, it was it transitioned from just a lunch period to um, the weekend. So um, it was me and a bunch of the friends that, that I lived with. When I came to the U.S., I knew them. For, I knew like a bunch of them. So I knew it was like 10 of us, 10 or 11 of us. And it was like, it was a group. Uh, it was called Somali Bantu Boston Girls Group. And it was just like a girls, a weekly girls empowerment group for my Bantu women to talk about culture, to talk about higher education. Um, and we also, like, they did a lot of, like, um, career development as well. Like, they did a lot of, like, resume building. We did a lot of volunteer. We, like, went to college trips. Like, it was just to get us to, like, think more deeply about our culture and think more deeply about our future and not just, like, follow the same path that everyone follows. Around that time, it was, like, getting married really, really young around that time was very big. Like, so they were just, like, mm -hmm. how can we, like, like stop, like, this crisis happening? Like, what, so my Bantu girls getting married too young. Um, let's, like, let's make them think more about more things. It, it really helped us to, like, think more deeply about it, what kind of future that we wanted. And I think it was kind of successful because a bunch of us from that group went to college. So I think they did really well. <laughs> But um, that's where I that's where I made most of my friends from when it came when it came to the culture. Like because in Boston, there's not that many Bantu girls, um, so a lot of my relationships were created within that group. Um, and a lot of them, I think, like I we knew each other when we were like kids, and when we lived in the camps, I think. Um, so and our so our families know each other, so we go way back. We have a lot of history. Um, and we attended that group together. We all bonded, and then I graduated. I graduated high school, and then I got to college. One of the things I always thought about was like working really, really hard so like I can like get a full ride and ha live on campus and like kind of be away from my parents because the kind of household that I grew up in, my parents were just like just so they were just so protective. Like they wouldn't let us do a lot of things. Like they were just they were always telling telling us what to do. Like I felt so like constricted, and I'm a very like independent person who like I like when people tell me what to do. Like I like to do my own thing. Like I like to, I, I like to think for myself. But when I feel like I'm somebody's like thinking for me, I just I just feel so constricted and I hated it. Um, so like I worked so so hard. Um, and then I finally, I got a, a scholarship to go to Brandeis, a full ride scholarship. Um, they paid for everything. Um, Alhamdulillah, they paid for everything. And they, they also paid me. They paid me to go to college. I got like, a, I got a, a check every semester. So it was really, really nice. It was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was really happy because then I, cause I got to live on campus and I got to be away from home. And I used that time to like um, do a lot of like digging, a lot of self, self -refle like reflecting on myself and finding myself. And I didn't know who I was because I felt like my I, I always allowed people to tell me who I was. Like I always allowed my parents to tell me who I was. I was having an identity crisis. I was like, do I like these things or do I like these things because these people told me to like these things or do I like this because my parents told me to like this? Like, am I going down this path because this person told me to go down this path, you know? Because I was like those like th those good kids that like listen to their parents parents like I did everything right you know so I was just like I don't know who I am um and I wanted to find out because I was so deeply unhappy what I liked I didn't I didn't well, the path I was going down I didn't really like it towards the end like of college I started to like kind of find my interest in what I liked but in the beginning like because I was going through this like turmoil I was having this internal turmoil um and I was just trying to figure out like if like what I liked back home like who I was back home and why everything that about me from the past if I like enjoy those things or like if like it was there because other people were telling me to add those things you know and a lot of that had to do with like the people that I hung around my family and like the things that I liked so when I was in college I didn't really hang out with my Bantu friends um I think I was MIA the whole time and then and during the summers because I was trying to stay away from my parents so I can like continue to find myself I like worked at a summer camp um and then after summer camp, I, I would go back to college and I just did that for, and I, I did it for a while, but I just really wanted to find, figure out who I was. And I like lost contact with my Bantu friends, but I think 
towards like towards my junior year, my senior year, I started to come back into the picture when it came to on two friends. Because I I I realized although in college I I did a lot of things like I did so much in college because I just wanted to see what I liked, um, experiment, um, figure out who I was, what kind of friends that I wanted to be around. Um, because like I just felt so shamed and like so um unseen, like so like I, I didn't know I didn't feel like I I fit in when it came to like my Bantu culture like. My parents like traumatized me so much when it came to the culture because they're always like, like, like these people are saying this about you, like, like don't do this because they're gonna say this or like they're gonna look, look at you this way, like you're gonna this and that, like it just traumatized me so much, like it made me feel so self conscious, so like shameful and like so I just like kind of like fully cut off the Bantu culture and just was in my world. And then junior year and senior year is when I started coming back. Do you feel like you found yourself while you were away, especially when it comes to your relationship with the Somali Bantu culture? Wasn't. I think I figured out what I, I didn't want to be and what I wasn't. But I think I don't think I figured out where I wanted to go next. But I, I think for, for me, I was like, I think I want my bond because I, I spent so long outside the culture. I was like, I kind of miss it. Like I want that in my life, you know. But I don't think I, I came out being like, oh yeah, this is what I like. This is the path that I want to go on. Like this is who I am, you know. I, I think I was slowly coming, figuring out who I was. Um, and I knew that like I couldn't be who I was without my culture, without my friends, without my family. Um, no matter how how far I ran, because I ran really far. <laughs> I went to camp. I went. I studied abroad. I, I lived. I lived away from home for so long. Um, and then I just realized like how deeply unhappy I was when I'm so far. So I knew that like being a part of my culture like brought me happiness. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I decided to come back. But like, I knew it brought me happiness, but I also knew it brought me a lot of pain because. I just didn't like the the whole judgmental aspect of it. Like for me, I, when I was so young, like I, 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 all I wanted, all I wanted was to figure out who I was. Um, and I would do, and I would make a lot of mistakes. But like when it comes to the culture, like your all your mistakes are in view. Like people are always just looking, being like, "Oh my gosh, she did that!" Like shaming you when like we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be making mistakes and learning from it. Um, and I wanted to make my mistakes outside the culture because of like I just felt too shamed and too like too like brought down. But yeah. So I like started coming back and then but I didn't really like I didn't know that like when you take time away from like a specific a, a particular place um and then you come back like things are going to shift. I didn't know I don't know why I thought like once I came back it's still going to be the same because I think for me like because I was like oh yeah like now I I know that like I you're having you guys in my life like like this is good news you know like that's all but they're like they're all like probably like moved on like they're all like on like they all grew to get they all probably grew together in some way like that because because I wasn't part of it for so long um and I was like still trying to fit in you know trying to still trying to find my place back after being away for so long I didn't really notice the changes um but like we would also go to like dinners together like like the people that were close together would sit together. You can see the distance. Like you can see people like kind of separating. We weren't as close as we we were when we were middle school and high school. You know, um, we were all growing apart. We were all trying. We were all becoming our own person. And I didn't really. I didn't understand that. Like because I was growing, I didn't understand that the, the others around me were also growing too. Um, so after the summer that I decided that I decided that I wanted to kind of like be more involved in my culture, I started becoming more involved in like weddings and being a bridesmaid. Um, it's like very close very close friends um but then like during the weddings every time that i was like a, a bridesmaid like things are always like never really went completely as like how, how i imagined it to be for me it's like like i'm finally back in my culture like i'm gonna be a part of a wedding like i'm gonna be celebrating my friend like i always got excited when weddings happen because like me and my friends always plan things like but f for some reason like 
this these these couple of summaries that I like I was a bridesmaid and I and I would be part of the the weddings like I always got into conflict with my friends like things always just com- what completely like it, just, it didn't go as planned like and it's always it was always some form of like miscommunication or it's always some form of like I would just say it was miscommunication um and I, and, I, and I feel like throughout, throughout the whole entire scenario like for me each each situation um each time that I was and I was bridesmaid for like two summers I think I think 2019 and 2020 but but um those two times like my my internally like it's I always felt the same like I, I didn't feel supported um I didn't feel seen um or like I just never felt like there were people were like on my side like that they were they were rooting for me or like I guess I, I just never felt supported and seen when it when it came to my friends um which kind of goes back to like when I was in college like I, I was kind of I was like in my my friend when I was kind of out like I would be kind of there but then like I'll go through something and I was like I was also mentally going through some things like depression and anxiety you know um and whenever I got yeah. dep- depressed I would always just like shut out the whole entire world delete my social medias just go just block everyone and like be and not talk to them for like months or weeks at a time and then I think at this point in time um, it got to a point where, like, I think people were just tired of, like, being blocked and, like, and then, like, me coming back in and me leaving and me coming back in and me leaving. I think people would just, like, people would stop caring. With another, another friend where, like, the same thing happened. Like, for me, I just, it was, like, me co- constantly being put in situations with people that I've known in the past for so long. Um, and because, like, I, I was going through a point in my life where... Like I, I wanted to come back to my culture and rebuild those those relationships that I felt like that I lost when I was like like growing, um, in college and like finding myself. Um, I just felt like because I took some time for myself to work on myself. For me, I, I guess I saw these relationships like as like another thing that I have to work on and work through and like we can figure it out. But I was always put in the same position. Um, and because, yeah, because I wanted to come back to my culture so badly, and my my Bantu friends in Boston were like my only friends there as well. Like I. I, I didn't know how else to make Bantu friends, but it just made me feel like so anxious because I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to leave. I, I don't know. I don't know how else I'm going to find friends. Like, but like, I guess I'm just going to continue like and see where it goes. You know, first started losing them. I was like, I didn't really, it didn't hurt me as much, but like the last one, I was like, I, I have to be a bad person. Like, there's no way that you keep losing like friend after friend after friend. Like, how am I toxic? Like, how do I contribute into this? Like, why? Why did this happen to me? How can I avoid it in the future? And like, what is what does this mean? You know? Yeah. And when it comes to cutting ties with people and in your situation, childhood friendships, not knowing the outcome and avoiding that state of vulnerability keeps us in these destructive environments. And sometimes we do fixate on who was right and who was wrong, trying to distribute that blame accordingly forgetting that sometimes there isn't a person to blame and some relationships just don't work. We don't have the wisdom to fully understand why things keep happening in our lives, especially when it comes to things like that. Because you weren't seeking that conflict, and I'm sure they weren't either. Things kept coming up, and then we question and conclude that maybe it isn't meant to be. Yeah, and I think last summer that I came back from, like, finding myself, I think I should have, like, seen, like, distance, like, the, the tension, like, just how much we've, like, grown, like, we were all we were, we were different people but we were trying to like act like how we were when we were like middle school and high school because like we were it's so new to, like to all of us like figuring out life like we don't know that like oh because like we're not we don't, like we don't share like we can't talk about the same thing that we used to talk about like we don't know that that meant like yeah we have to let, let each other go and move on and find new friends you know we don't know what that means we for us it's probably like oh like we just haven't like seen each other for so long like we just need to keep talking to each other we just need to hang out and like it'll be okay instead of being instead of like seeing it for what it is you know yeah would you say that you were so attached to those friendships because in a way they were that bridge to the Somali Bantu culture for you? 
yeah i would be where yeah because like i just I, I don't really live as i said i don't live with my parents i don't have that many bantu friends but most of my bantu friends i made when, when i was a child um most of my friends i got and like i just and i just felt like and when i went to weddings like it was they, were, they made it fun like being with your friends like dressing out wearing makeup hanging out after getting mcdonald's and like like watching a movie and like just hanging out you know like it, the whole thing just made it fun like it made my culture fun in contrast to how it was negatively introduced bef- to you before yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah through my parents i think like my negative viewpoints when it came to the culture came through my parents because they're always they always cared so much about like how what other people thought or how we looked like so i hated it but my friends like it, it was just us like like for me i i there was always a part of me that felt like my childhood was was robbed or something um and like when i hung on my friends like it it always just felt like how we were when we were kids like because like i don't remember I don't, my life at all when i when i lived in the camps and like i feel i feel so detached to it detached from it and, like and i miss it so much and like being with my friends like kind of like gives me back those memories because like i used to know some of them when i was back at, at home in the camps with the, with the other bond people um and like a, a part of them is tied with nostalgia you know Do you feel like there was a purpose for not just the conflicts but just them being in your life as a whole? I just feel like when it comes to life like you you're you're constantly being put in, into situations where you ha- you have to like learn to trust yourself and God like I feel like when you kind of depend on something for too much like if you give too much purpose to something like if you lose that then you lose it. I think like me losing them was like a way an opportunity for me to find my own way to my culture like like kind of having more faith in myself and like understanding that like wherever i go i carry the culture with me like wherever i am the culture like i don't need other people there to like kind of reinforce like my bantuness cuz i feel like i i always felt like my my bantuness was always like always taken from me like i always never felt like i was bantu enough you know and like when i was with my friends like i felt bantu you know i always felt reinforced and i and i feel like being away from them like like god like a law cutting them off is like like a, a reminder of being like i am bantu enough and that like like i am a part of the culture even if like um they're not with me or even if like bantu people are not, are not around me like so i think that's what it has to do with like me putting too much power me giving them too much power and losing it and like kind of like trying to find that within myself um and like yeah. and through and that's why I, that's how i like found out like did like mashallah sisters you know and that's where i, I found more bond to people more bond cuz I, I when i before i lost them like i was so scared to lose my friends because i was like i don't know how else i'm going to be a part of the culture i don't know how else i'm going to make friends like where do bond to people even like and like, even in the beginning like when i was interviewing girls like i would i would be like how did you find your friends like how do you make friends like i don't know how like how do you make friends as an adult you know like i didn't have to make friends when it came to my bond to friends when cuz like we, we all grew up together like we didn't have to put a lot of effort and now I have to like I have to go on social media and talk to people and like build those bonds. Um and like I was just so scared because I was like I don't know how to make friends. Like I don't know where else they would be coming from and like losing them. It's like understanding that like I am bantu enough and that like I will find bantu friends. Like I need to give myself more credit. I need to give God more credit like and not giving too much people too much power, you know? Absolutely. And this is on giving credit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's a hadith in Musnad Ahmad saying Rarely you will never leave something for the sake of Allah Almighty, but that Allah will replace it with something better for you. And you leaving those friendships—it wasn't really by choice. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gave you something, in my opinion, better. You know, not only do you find sisters through this podcast, but maybe you can even be that bridge to the culture for someone who was once in your situation. And as we as Muslims, Alhamdulillah, know that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has control over all things. Allah is Al-Alim, the All-Knowing. In Surah Al-An'am, it says, "Not even a leaf falls without His knowledge," and that just kind of puts things into perspective—the knowledge and the wisdom that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has, and that we never will. 
Hence the questions of why didn't this work? Why did these friendships fail? And like so on. But there's a different type of comfort in knowing that even the leaves, like, do you know how many leaves fall during fall? And not a single one of them falls without his knowledge, subhanAllah. So imagine all that he knows of our situations that we're in and sometimes keep ourselves in for reasons that we think are good. And then all subhanAllah shows us that that's not the case. Gets you out of that situation and replaces it with something better when you do it for his sake, subhanAllah. Alhamdulillah. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> I agree. I felt like when yeah. I first started my podcast, like I felt like a fraud when I, when I found when I started it because like I was losing, I lost like my last Bantu friend, my last Bantu girls, girlfriends. Um, and then like I, I launched my podcast called Mashallah Sisters and it was like about girls empowerment, like being close and like sisterhood. And for me, it felt so weird because like in my because like because like my parents are like constantly telling me like these who are thinking this whatever my head i'm always thinking the opposition like i'm always thinking like what people could could be thinking what they could be what they could be saying um and my last when i launched my podcast i was like oh my god like what if they're like like this girl like is not even a good friend like and she's she has a podcast about girls empowerment and like sisterhood and like but she has no friends like what is she talking about you know i felt so i felt such a such a fraud I think that, that dichotomy, like, feeling like a fraud, but, like, also, like, for me to, like, to create it now, but then also have those feelings, those emotions, like, it, just, it signals to me that, like, it's something that I, I need to keep working forward and, like, kind of, like, ignore those, those, those thoughts, those, like, things that I have in my head, because then it's not really true, you know? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the ability to have strong faith and tawakkal in his plans for us, complete conviction and willingness to give up whatever comes between us and Allah so that we may gain nearness to him. Allahumma ameen. Ameen. And to kind of wrap things up, how well with this podcast, for each episode, I try to tie a name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to whatever message I try to leave with listeners. And in your story of letting go, to me, resonates with the name Al-Fatah, which is the opener, the judge. Because I feel like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened up and made a way out of a situation for you, even when at the time you didn't realize that it wasn't the most progressive. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Fatah, the opener. He can open doors we could never imagine being open for us. Through his guidance, whatever is unclear becomes clear. Al-Fatah is the one who makes what seemed once impossible possible. The one who lifts veils and the one who opens the heart. The one who unties the knots and softens that which was hardened. The one who continually offers goodness and mercy. And to just kind of go back to that message of letting go, I just wanted to say, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes someone or something from your life who you never dreamt of losing, then surely he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, can replace them or whatever it was that you lost with something you never dreamt of having. And inshallah ta'ala, that's what your platform is. And it continues to open up doors for you, connecting you with Bantu and Somali Bantu friends you can grow with and just positively immerse in the culture with. Allahumma ameen. Ameen. Thank you, inshallah. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on and sharing your story, Hawa. Of course, of course. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> also, I did an episode on Mashallah Sisters podcast talking about love languages again, but what that looked like when trying to build a healthy relationship with my parents, peace of Allah. So inshallah, if that's something you're interested in, it's on Spotify at Mashallah Sisters. If you think this episode is a benefit, share with whoever you think it would benefit. And jazakallah for listening. Inshallah ta'ala until next Wednesday. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.